And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, we'll meet Cynthia Pizarro, president of Seaspring. I feel like um, that God let me, led me on that journey, really, so that I could help discover not only ways to um, be more effective as a business leader, but as a Christian leader. The way that you engage with people and connect with people determines your level of influence in their lives. Well, hello, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert. I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith, and we would like to welcome you back for another episode. And for those of you who have listened to the program for a while, you know this is the place where the metaphor we love to use is we're going to lift the hood and tinker around in the engine of Christian leadership. And this really is an amazing opportunity to hear from some of the finest Christian leaders in the marketplace across the country. Two websites I want to call your attention to before we get started here with an amazing guest today. Check out uh, the website for the podcast is at bottomlinefaith.org. You can uh, go to the library and the archive of all the previous interviews there, and you'll discover some just amazing conversations. That's bottomlinefaith.org. And then the host ministry for this podcast is Truth at Work, and check us out at truthatwork.org. If you are a Christ follower running or leading a business, you might want to check out one of our roundtables in one of our chapters, Meeting in Cities Across the Country. It is that Christ-centered peer advisory group that I think could be a potential great blessing for you. So that's that's it for the commercial on the front end. I am really jacked about the conversation today because this is a person that I have come to know and love as a—I consider her a, a precious friend a real precious friend, one of the most amazing and encouraging human beings I've ever met in my life. Folks, you're going to get a chance today on Bottom Line Faith to get to know my friend, now your friend, Cynthia Pizarro from Indianapolis, Indiana. Cynthia, welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Thanks, Ray. I'm, I'm pleased to be here. Very humbled by your introduction as well. <laughs> well, uh, I, this is truth at work, so we tend to try to speak the truth here, and every word meant what I said there. And Cynthia, we've come to know each other over the last couple years, and uh, G- God's really had you on an amazing journey as a woman in business and a mother and a wife and kids and school and all these things. You've got a lot on your plate, right? Yeah, I sure do. You've I got, sure do. You've got a lot on your plate. And so, but God has called you uniquely and specifically in the marketplace, particularly uh, official title as president of two companies, Seaspring and Ohana Software. Why don't you take a moment and tell us first about Seaspring. You founded the company. Tell us a little bit about that, what you do, why you started the company, and then we'll talk about Ohana. But tell us about Seaspring. Seaspring is an IT consulting firm focused on data solutions, application development, and uh, some staff augmentation across those, um, those specific areas. Um, I founded the company really just so that I had a little bit more flexibility to stay with my kids, and, uh, and it took on a life of its own. So it, it grew, and uh, I've been very blessed by it. And uh, as it's grown, uh, we had it was more difficult to connect with our staff. 90% of our folks work outside of the office, and I really love our people. I love connecting with people, and I found that was more difficult to do. So Ohana Software was born uh, out of that need, 
We leveraged our own people to build a software platform that made communicating uh, easier with folks who are in remote locations and uh, built some tools into that to make me a little bit better at my job. Uh, so there's some engagement tools and some programs wired into that software uh, so that ultimately our folks feel supported and, uh, and really directly connected wherever they are, anytime, anywhere. Yeah, so this really, the, the Ohana, and I'll come back to Seaspring in just a moment, but the Ohana software really is about workforce engagement, right? That's and, exactly and, right. And so let, let's talk about that just for a minute. We'll get into some of the spiritual aspects uh, of the interview in just a moment, but what are you seeing out in the marketplace, this disconnect, and, and what's causing employees to have uh, workforce engagement versus maybe companies who are not experiencing it? Tell us a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. I think that... Um, Probably the first thing is the way that technology has changed at that same rate, communication has changed. And yet technology hasn't always kept up or companies haven't um, haven't adopted new ways of communicating. And so people just don't feel connected. We have an expectation now that everything, uh, all information is at our fingertips and, um, and it should be real time. We should know what happened, um, you know, two minutes ago in a different part of the country. And we want to have that same level of connection with our companies. And as um, as technologies changed, that has become more challenging. Uh, another shift in our workplace is more and more people are working remotely. Yeah. And um, and interacting with technology, uh, you know, throughout the course of business. So, you know, we're either isolating ourselves because we're in front of our computer screens or uh, by choice because we don't want to deal with the commute or uh, maybe it's the only way that we can acquire talent that they would be in a different location. And so there's just new challenges and, um, you know, most companies are a little slow to, to change. The, um, the rate of change with uh, the way that we do business in, in companies is much slower than the rate of change of technology, and it's that delta, uh, really, that I think is driving the issues. And I know that your heart is, as a follower of Christ, it, it, it really is about people, and this is a, a really core way to help your people feel valued, that they're meaningful to you and to the organization. And it, so it's much more than just productivity, isn't it? It's really about connectivity at a human level. It really is. The catalyst for developing Ohana software was that I wanted to be close to my people. Uh, but as we developed the platform and wanted it to work really well, I became educated yeah. in different ways that people people really engage and what they need from a leader. And I feel like um, that God let me, led me on that journey really so that I could help discover not only ways to um, be more effective as a business leader, but as a Christian leader. Uh, The way that you engage with people and connect with people uh, determines your level of influence in their lives. Okay, fantastic. So Ohana is really um, taking on a life of its own. It's a, it's a, you've got a plan and a strategy for offering that uh, connectivity to other businesses as clients to, to leverage the software and the platform. But take me back to the start of Seaspring, right? Uh, what, what year did you start the company? I started my business in 2006. Um, Had was... you ever owned a business before? I was always doing little entrepreneurial things, quite honestly, but that's a whole different tangent. Um, So in 2006, I started my business. Mm -hmm. Uh, The catalyst was that my husband was doing some work out of state. Um, I wasn't, I didn't 
really love the job that I was in, and I had a small child at home and another one on the way. And it just seemed like the perfect time to do something that would give me more flexibility to uh, be with my kids and work from wherever I wanted, you know? And um, and so I I started my company. I was busier suddenly than I had been Mm -hmm. uh, in in my full-time role. And and I was fine with that being part time, but um, uh, but it ended up growing. Um, shortly after after, so that was 2006. In 2008, the economy slowed down, and I had some really solid um, business. But I felt an increased need to be more deliberate in sales. I felt a need to be more intentional about growing my business, and so uh, at the same time, I had some. Um, partner firms that weren't faring so well because the economy wasn't doing as well. So long story short, ended up merging my company with another company in 2010 and uh, and then had a business partner for two years and and we decided to go separate ways in 2012. Yeah. Cynthia, I am sure that there's somebody listening to the program right now that maybe they're a little bit fearful, a little bit discouraged. So as I'm listening to your story, so you've got you know, your husband's got a, in his business, spending a lot of time on the road away from home. You've got a small child, another one on the way, and then the uncertainty of a startup business. What was emotionally like that? And was there fear involved? Or how did your faith play a role in that? You know, how did you reach out to God to give you wisdom on this? Just take us to those early days. What was that like? Maybe you could be an encouragement to somebody else today. I certainly prayed about it, but I also felt... Um, I. I also felt very certain that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And at the time that I started it, my husband, um, you know, we were probably more dependent on my husband's mm-hmm. income. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was comfortable um, to go to go to step out uh, and do my own thing. I also grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. Yeah. My dad was an entrepreneur. His dad was an entrepreneur. Um, he has a lot of brothers, entrepreneurs, and and so that so that was comfortable to me. Yeah. Um, what became more comfortable was after taking the leap uh, to do that. All the all the areas I realized that I didn't have much experience in, and had to had to learn along the way. Yeah, so that's really a great segue then into one of the questions I wanted to ask. If, if you could take us through in your journey, what's the hardest decision? you've ever had to make in leading and building your company and kind of what role did your faith play in that decision? Well, the hardest decision I ever had to make was um, parting ways with my business partner. Yeah. For two years, we worked together, and I I have said um, that partnership is probably the best mistake I ever made for a couple of reasons. One is... I, God knew I needed somebody to be accountable to. So if I told myself, I'm going to make these sales calls this week, well, I could put it off till next week. But if I told somebody else that I was going to do something, I was going to do it. And so from that standpoint, it was wonderful. Um, he also was much more experienced than me. And so he was a great security blanket and became a very dear friend. But our personalities were different and our goals were different. And so some friction started happening. And um, to make the decision to part ways was incredibly um, difficult and incredibly scary. How did your faith impact that decision? I prayed like crazy over that and, and spoke with other experienced, mature Christian business leaders uh, who I who I trusted to get guidance, and I just really felt like 
there had been several times in my life where I really felt like, um, you know, God clearly spoke to me about what He wanted me to do, and I felt um, I felt like God was right there with me. And it sounds like you were fortunate enough to have some godly counsel around you. Would you speak to that? How how important do you think it, that is for a Christian who's running a business, leading a company, to have trusted advisors from a spiritual perspective? How important is that? Well, it's absolutely essential. Uh, but I would also guard against sometimes listening uh, to hear what you want to hear and interpreting that. And I would just encourage business leaders to to listen and then confirm um, just privately diving into the Word and into prayer so that that it's God's voice you hear for sure versus the one that you you want to hear. It's people who speak truth. Is that is that what you're saying essentially? Yeah, that they want to encourage, that they they want to be encouraging and it's not that they're not speaking truth. It, you know, they may be speaking um, their truth through their experiences and sure. their scars yeah. Yeah. as well yeah. or or what they were taught versus you know, sometimes we're taught things that aren't necessarily truth. They're just culture or upbringing yeah. or experience. Kind of like the old phrase, you know, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. Well, that's not in the scriptures. And that's that's an example, yeah. right? Yeah. So, it's a it. trust and verify. Yeah. And I it's like not that. through any um, ill will. It's yeah. just, you know, I the, love it. the word is never wrong. Cynthia, you know, as I've gotten to know you over the last couple of years, you have this amazing, I don't know if I'd call it a passion, a gift, a skill set or whatever, but you are an extraordinary connector of people. It's like it oozes out of your pores. Where, where did that come from? Just this desire to bring people together and create win-win opportunities. What's that all about? I love people, and I love to help people, and that's always been my passion from um, from when I was little. If somebody asked me to help them, I would run to do it. If I needed to clean my own room, maybe not, you know? <laughs> okay. And uh, and it's really the same way. Um, I, I think maybe early in my career I did recruiting, and so I became a little bit wired to connecting uh, people with opportunities, but I really feel like God built my network to be able to bless other people. And if I can do that, I feel obligated to do that. I've been I've been surprised uh, in my life by people sometimes who've gone out of their way, people you don't expect uh, to help you, and others who you would expect uh, to help who don't answer your call. And yeah. I want to be that person who unexpectedly blesses other people. Yeah, I love it. Well, it, it just. It's just so natural. At least it appears that way from my side of the my side of the the, the desk here. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about some practical best practices in the leadership that you've tried to demonstrate. That's a direct tie into either biblical principles, your Christian faith, obviously your love for people. But tell us a little bit about you know just a couple of the best practices or biblical principles that guide your leadership. I think. Leaving the window open um, about your faith is probably the most important. Um, I, I heard, I think it was John Ortberg talk one time on, um, you know, leaving a crack in the door, a window cracked open so that people know where you're coming from, and it should never be a secret. So that holds me accountable, but it also gives me opportunities to minister to people. And I would also say, um, 
this is really hard for me. I am a very fast-paced person. I walk fast. I talk fast. I get things done fast. (laughs) But the Lord has been telling me to slow down. And uh, that is in the way that I relate with people. I love people. I love spending time with people. But, um, you know, I was raised by hardworking, you know, parents who valued hard work. And, uh, you know, and a dad who the way he served his family was not being home, but being out working. And we felt loved, but we didn't spend time um, together. And so I think uh, just slowing down and spending time with people and investing in them personally versus, um, you know, trying to impact as many people as I can just impact you know people yeah. well yeah. is what I is what I've learned and I'm still learning do you ever consider that you have unique challenges as a woman business owner you know are there extra demands or pressures balancing with the family or maybe things you encounter in the marketplace is that ever an issue for you as a woman business owner it probably is, but I'm not really wired to think that way. Okay. You know, I've been in a man's industry, really. I mean, it's changing, but, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in IT, and it's always been male-dominated. And I've, I've often am the only woman in the room, and I don't even think about it. Wow. I'm just not really wired to think that way. But uh, in reflection, you know, at the end of the day, I'm rushing home to be mom. And uh, I don't want to let my family down. I don't want to let my husband down. And so I think the biggest challenge really is competing priorities and demands and having to be so intentional about where I spend my time so I can do it well in a lot of places. You know, the biggest thing that happens is I think my kids and my husband hold me accountable so that, you know, I have good family time, work, life balance, maybe not so much personal life balance, if you know what I mean, like just individual life balance. And that's probably my big, Cynthia time. That's probably my biggest challenge. Perfect. Perfect. And so you spend a lot of your time in this whole giving mode of uh, investing in others, um, connecting people. What would you say to another Christian business leader who is listening to the program right now? How important is it to give to that next generation, that next up-and-coming leader. You do this a lot. I know that you do. It's a very important part of your life and your leadership. What would you say to another leader who's asking, you know, what should I be doing or how should I be investing in the next generation of leader? I think you just have to be really intentional. Um, I think that uh, it's really easy to get distracted and think that 100% of your time and energy, at least during the workday, has to go into your existing um, existing people, existing business, you know, investing in the in the next generation can be inside of your walls or it can be outside of your walls. And I think, uh, you know, here in Indiana anyway, we hear a lot about um, the we hear a lot about workforce development and developing the next generation of workers to be able to meet the demands that we're expecting in terms of um, talent in the next decade and the next couple of decades. And so I think it's I think it's um, an obligation for all of us to be really intentional about about doing that. And that's also an expression of your faith, right? I mean, the Scripture is really clear about, you know, in Second Timothy talks about training up leaders who will train up other leaders. So that I know you well enough to know that's, that's really an extension of your Christian faith as well. Not just a business thing, but it really is at the core of who you are, right? Yeah. That's, that's who you are. I feel like 
God has given me a business as, and it's a resource, a resource that I am supposed to invest in the kingdom. And so that is, um, you know, that can be, that can be money or that can be time. And I think time quite honestly is the, is the most precious resource. So if you're going to be very intentional, um, you know, about giving back, giving back to the next generation or giving back to, uh, the community, uh, you have to be willing to to invest your time. Yeah, absolutely. And so in the vein of passing along to the next generation what we've learned and lessons, what's the best advice anyone passed along to you? What was it, and what did you take from that piece of advice? Um, just put God's goals first. Put God's goals first, and uh, you know, and and keep a kingdom perspective or an eternal perspective. I should say that everything that we are doing today uh, is, you know, don't don't let. Um, the deceiver tell you that it doesn't have impact. The most insignificant things uh, in my life have become incredibly important. At the time, I thought they were insignificant, but the reality is God revealed to me that they weren't insignificant. And so the way that I look at um you know, life now is a bit different. Things happen and even, you know, difficulties. And I think, oh, God, what are you up to? Because I really, truly believe it's good. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know what it is yet. And and I've realized it's not insignificant, you know. And so how are you going to multiply this in a significant way? And if you've been a longtime listener to the program, you know the last question I always ask. We call this our 423 question. It's based out of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Very famous words from Solomon, who said this, Above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. I want to ask this question, our 423 question for every guest. So let's imagine you're at the end of your time, this side of eternity, and you get to pass along one piece of advice to them. And this is your above all else advice, okay? So above all else, fill in the blank. Listen to the Holy Spirit. I have had opportunities to minister to people in ways that I never expected I'd be able to by listening to the um, the little voice that tells me, pray in front of your team or speak truth to somebody who's hurting. And at those moments, I felt vulnerable. I felt like maybe I would upset people or I'd be overstepping a bound. And each time God has redeemed that and mm. given me um, increased confidence to speak truth and know that um, that it's that it's um, that it's Satan that's going to tell me that that uh, shouldn't be spoken. Um, it's been well received, and so listen to the Holy Spirit and speak up when He wants wants you to, and uh, and He will bless and He will bless that. So Cynthia, you know, one of the things we hope in this program is that it can really be an encouragement, even if it's just one person who's listening to this. This program's never been about how many tens of thousands of this or that, because God works individually in, in the lives of His people, right? And so maybe there's someone listening to the program right now, and they're discouraged. Maybe God's given them a dream, some hopes, a vision, and they just don't feel qualified. They just don't feel like they can pull it off, and those deep-seated insecurities are there, what advice would you have for them? I, I still have many insecurities and fears. And what God has revealed to me really recently is those fears, those fears are um, designed 
by Satan to disrupt my capabilities, to, to impede my progress and my ability to accomplish the goals that God has set forth for my life. And um, so I think, um, you know, overcoming those insecurities is something that I'm doing every day to say, even to be on this podcast and to say, I can do an, you know, I can do an okay job on this podcast. I think I just have to remind myself regularly and I want to remind the listeners, really, it isn't about the experience that we have. Every single business person that has ever lived uh, and, and each person even starting their career is going to do things that they've never done before. And, um, you know, and sometimes you're going to succeed and sometimes you're going to fail. And uh, I won't be the first person to say that uh, the greatest growth and progress comes for, from failure. And so it's just really def- defining what is successful. I mean, I think that uh, the journey toward where you're going is success. It's not about all of the, um, the stops along the way. Just being willing to to fail, to step out in faith, and to know that God is going to give you every tool that you need. I mean, He promises uh, to use the weak, right, not the strong, that He's the strength, um, that it's not by our own strength that we accomplish great things. Uh, There was a time right when I started my business that I asked, um, I met with a, a Christian business leader, and I was frustrated and said, you know, I just want to serve the Lord more, but you know, I'm there's like two people in my office, you know, and the other person is not a believer, you know, so how do I do that? And he's like, oh, you know, in your work, you can do that. And I'm like, ah, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, no, there's, there's no opportunity. You just don't understand. And then God just, I mean, started proving me wrong and opening up so many, so many doors to show me that um, we can be influential for the kingdom anywhere that we are. So I just prayed, God, use me right where I am. And he, and he began to give me opportunities to do that. So when I prayed that prayer uh, that God would just use me exactly where I was, he started opening up doors for that to happen. Um, I brought on a, a team that um, uh, with a different profile from what I'd ever had. And suddenly I had opportunities to pour into the lives of single mothers. I had uh, and pray with them, uh, people who, you know, were sick and dealing with cancer and pray with them. And so people would come to me for prayer and know that, um, you know, that I, that I had faith that I could share with them and encourage them. So God opened that opportunity for me to do it. Um, when, when the business was first growing, we had our first Christmas party. And uh, I knew that in the room, there were quite a few people who were not believers and people who were from different faiths altogether. And just the Holy Spirit told me, you need to pray. You know, you need to pray over this event and over your team. And I was so nervous. Anyway, I went ahead and took that step of obedience. And people came up to me afterward and thanked me, who I never thought would, and later told me the only reason I'm still here, because they'd had, you know, some other things that were uh, challenges in the workplace, is because of that prayer. Best practices, living out of faith, you know, and as, as it talks about in the book of Matthew, that um, if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these other things are going to be added, you know, and, and so often 
Cynthia, you know, as we're as we're interacting with business leaders and owners around the country, sometimes they 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 take this approach, this separation of their work and their faith. It's like, you know, I don't want to offend, and I don't want to think, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want them to, you know, think I'm holier than thou kind of thing. And yet, it, with that, sometimes we miss the opportunity to love people well. We just have to trust God, and as you said earlier, His word is true. It says in Jeremiah that my word is true. It will not return void. It will accomplish that which I have sent it forth. And so sometimes we turn that look upon ourselves, and it becomes about us and how I'm going to come across, or am I going to offend? Well, I think we need to trust the Holy Spirit. You talked about that earlier, about listening for His voice, and He's going to minister. He's going to minister to people. Our job's to be a vessel. I think that's what you're talking about there. Cynthia, just thank you so much for being on the program today. What a blessing and an encouragement you've been. Well, I feel blessed by it. Thanks for inviting me. It's been an honor. Well, folks, uh, this is your host at Bottom Line Faith, Ray Hilbert. And just real quickly, one more time, check out uh, all the other podcast episodes we have at bottomlinefaith.org to listen to every episode of Bottom Line Faith. So check us out at bottomlinefaith.org. And once more, if you're a Christ follower in business and you're interested in having that community of peers, like-minded Christ followers who are running and leading businesses to God's glory, check out truthatwork.org. We are the host ministry here at Bottom Line Faith. Check out truthatwork.org. Connect with us there and learn about our roundtables that are meeting in cities all across the country. Until next time, I am your host, Ray Hilbert. Thanks for listening here at Bottom Line Faith. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes.